Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Howdy and welcome to Wikishuffle episode 52, 62. Oh my God. <laughs> how many times do we have to do this intro? Forget it. Let's just roll, let's roll with it. I'm Jack. You are... I'm Chris. And you are? I'm Phil. And what do we do on this podcast, Chris? Press the random article button on Wikipedia and talk about whatever comes up. Apart from our first article today is a listener suggestion. Sometimes we get listener suggestions and we got a particular doozy from Dan Merry over Facebook this week. And I wanted to do that one first. So our first one isn't a random article at all. So it's just wiki. And then we'll move on to wiki shuffle afterwards. You can send us any ideas. If you stumble across any interesting Wikipedia articles yourself, then send them to us either via email podcast at wikishuffle.co.uk or on the Facebook, or on the Twitter, at WikishufflePod, or send us it on a postcard. Yeah, print it out and send it by post. Just but, print out or just page. write it really small onto a postcard, because it's really a postcard that we want, with your shitty town on the back, mm. on the picture end of the postcard, and then send that postcard to WikishuffleHQ, 1B Headlands, Kettering NN157ER. Yep, and thanks for all your postcards over the last few weeks. Um, we've stopped mentioning them individually, but... Um, yeah. I think we should say thank you at least. Absolutely. Thank you for all of your interaction everywhere. Everywhere. Globally. Okay, should we do the <laughs> podcast, yeah? Let's do the podcast. Buffalo, 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 buffalo. Does that does that make a buff a buffalo appear? Is that is that how that works? <laughs> Set into a mirror. <laughs> Set into a mirror. Turn around three times, and then a buffalo, buffalo. appears. Uh, I'm not sure why you'd want that. <laughs> you said it. That'd be wicked. <laughs> buffalo, 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 buffalo. I'm going to be saying the word buffalo a lot during the course of this article. Do prepare yourselves. Okay. Buffalo, 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 buffalo is a grammatically correct sentence in American English used as an example of how homonyms and homophones can be used to create complicated linguistic constructs. It has been discussed in literature in various forms since 1967 when it appeared in Dmitry Borgman's Beyond Language, Adventures in Word and Thought. Mm, Sounds like quite an exciting book. It's probably not. It's just about buffaloes. Lots of them. I've heard about this before, and I've I've kind of just went, yep, it's a grammatically correct sentence, but I've never actually thought about it. I've just accepted it. Just went, oh yeah, that's, yeah, why not? Some buffaloes. The, some of the buffaloes have got capital letters on them. They have. You've <laughs> spotted that. Well he is done. So perceptive, isn't he? <laughs> I'm guessing that's part of the thing. That is part of the thing. The sentence is unpunctuated and uses three different readings of the word buffalo. In order of their use, these are A, the city of Buffalo, New York. 
with a capital B, mm -hmm. is used as a noun adjunct in the sentence and is followed by the animal, an American bison, in the plural equivalent to buffaloes. What? So it's saying when it's referring to buffalo, it's talking about more than one buffalo, so that the word's the same all the way through. Buffalo. And then finally, the verb buffalo, meaning to outwit, confuse, deceive, intimidate, or baffle. Now we know those three meanings, should we refer back to buffalo, buffalo? I've got it. So buffalo, as in the New city. York. Buffalo, yeah. New York. Buffalo, bully. No. But no, what? So, no, sorry, Buffalo, Buffalo. Uh, yeah, so, buff so it's Buffalo New York from, bison. from New York. Bison from New York. And then a load of buffaloes. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big old herd. So it's Buffalo, Buffalo. So this is the city of Buffalo. Mm -hmm. So we will substitute that with New York. Mm. New York bison. Yeah. And then again, we're back to New York, back to the town. So That's it's a bit New York me. bison. How does that work? New York bison. What? I struggled with this. This took me quite a while to get my head around. And because this was a listener suggestion, I have read this before. And so I get to look a bit cleverer than I actually am here mm -hmm. because I've worked it out in my head. So, so even then he was, you were admitting that you are using this to look a bit cleverer. But then at the end you said because you've worked out in your head, implying that you were smart enough to work out in your head anyway. So it didn't really matter. That wasn't an implication. That was a statement of fact. <laughs> you buffalo me and Chris. You really do. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> It becomes a bit clearer if you put in some pronouns. If you say the buffalo, buffalo, so the New York bison, yeah, that the New York bison bully, also bully the New York bison. Doesn't make sense though. It does. Oh, okay. It does. Yeah. yeah. So there's a bison that's get right. The first bison is New York based. Yep. <laughs> and it's getting bullied by another bison who may or may not New be York. New York based. Uh, no, no, it is also oh, New York, York based. Yeah, so they're two... all, all these bison are from this, they're groups of bison from the same city. So these two New it's York a bit fucking bison. convenient, isn't it? <laughs> the whole thing relies on quite a lot of convenience in order to work. So really, they could have just said this bison doesn't get on with this other bison, <laughs> rather than doing it like this. That's how you would have put it. You could, but then you'd only have three buffaloes. This bison's got beef. Yeah. With the if other it was just five. buffalo, 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 you'd get four that way, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> that would be the, the New York bison bully bison. Oh, as a whole, this New York bison bullies bisons that aren't from New York. No, we're only referring to bison from New York or buffalo from Buffalo. Don't pull that face because you're just as confused as I am. Uh, no, my face was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on this one. Okay, Chris. good. All right, I'm just uh, glad we're on the same page. Don't understand. But I think I sort of, I'm getting there. I think I get it. The New York bison that New York bisons bully mm -hmm. also bully the New York bison. I get that, but where does the buffalo come in? Because you can substitute the word New York for buffalo. Mm. You can also substitute the word bully for buffalo mm. and the word bison for buffalo. And once you do all of that, you end up with buffalo, 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 buffalo. So why not just say what you said the first time rather than this and then this whole thing can stop? Because this is amazing. Look, it's just nine buffaloes in a row. I'd go to a zoo. Eight <laughs> buffaloes in a row. It's less amazing. It's le it is, but find a way of making it nine. I, I would just not not do it at all. A buffalo 
So we call them bison. No, we call them buffalo. No, we call them bison. Americans call them buffalo. Uncle Is Phil. It, they're just like a hard cow, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. They're just like a hard cow. You know what I mean? No, not really. <laughs> the the stocky just fellas. Stocky cows. Stocky, stocky cows, yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. Buffaloes. The sentence is syntactically ambiguous. However, one possible pass, making each buffalo with its part of the speech as shown above, would be as follows. Buffalo adjective, buffalo noun, buffalo adjective, buffalo noun, buffalo verb, buffalo verb, buffalo adjective, buffalo noun. Does that help? Yeah, I get it. I don't, I don't get it. So it's fun to say buffalo, though, isn't it? Have either of you actually said the full sentence yet? No. Can you have a go, please? Okay. <clears throat> Together. Not like we're chanting. This like, is a proper incantation. Do we have to hold hands? No. Okay. Well, why were you doing already anyway? <laughs> Ready? Buffalo, 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 buffalo. Kazam! Kazam? Does Kazam do anything? If you put that at the end. You got carried away a bit there, didn't you? I, I mean, enjoyed it. <laughs> it, was nice. it is a wonderful thing to say. If nothing else, this is fun to say. Thus, the past sentence reads as a claim that bison who are intimidated by or bullied by bison are themselves intimidating or bullying bison, at least in the city of Buffalo, implicitly Buffalo, New York. Tough-looking cows. So Chris has Google image searched Buffalo. Can I see? It's a tough-looking cow. Look at that hat. Look at that hat. <laughs> what? Just look at that. Somebody else in the article, they've actually had a better go at putting the little words around it. So let's explain this. Mm-hmm. The buffalo from buffalo who are buffaloed by buffalo from buffalo, comma, buffalo, other buffalo from buffalo. That makes sense. Why didn't you just say that? Well, I did. Buffalo, buffalo, <laughs> buffalo, 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 buffalo. The other time was better. So why not just say that? Uh, more efficient. They... Is it as efficient when you have to explain it for 20 <laughs> minutes afterwards? I'm not sure that the full version would have fitted in a tweet. Uh, I think it would. Yeah, it probably would, actually. Well, you learn something entirely pointless every day. The idea that one can construct a grammatically correct sentence consisting of nothing but repetitions of buffalo was independently discovered several times in the 20th century. Love it. The earliest known written example, Buffalo, 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 appears in the original manuscript for Dmitry Borgman's 1965 book, Language on Vacation, though the chapter containing it was omitted from the published version. Yeah, chinny wreck on Dmitry Borgman. Yeah, I thought of that, I just didn't write it down and publish it but I definitely thought of it. And he only thought of it with four buffaloes. Yeah. It's like on Countdown when someone misses like the ES off the end of a word. It, it could have had an easy extra two points. Yeah. Borgman recycled some of the material from this chapter, including the buffalo sentence in his 1967 book, Beyond Language, Adventures in Word and Thought. In 1972, William J. Rappaport, now a professor at the University at Buffalo, good... <laughs> That's appropriate. <laughs> uh, but then a graduate student at Indiana University. So he literally got his tenure by talking about buffaloes. Buffalo invited him along to be their professor. Good work. What? Wait. Did you... He now, he's now Chris, a... Chris, right, right, right. What happened there is that Chris was half listening and he thought that you said the actual bison invited him to do a lecture. <laughs> Because I know that's what he meant, because A, he's laughing now, but B, I could see his little eyes light up. It did cross my mind. (laughs) (laughs) How would the bison get the invite out to the University of Indiana? 
email? Because I'll be honest with you, Phil, I wasn't listening. But I did just hear those two words. And I smushed them together, and this is what happened. You don't need to listen that hard. About 50% of everything I've said today has been Buffalo. So William J. Rappaport came up with versions containing five and ten instances of Buffalo. He later used both versions in his teaching, and in 1992 posted them to the linguist list. Ooh, that sounds like a fun article for another day. No, it doesn't. (laughs) No, just me then. A sentence with eight consecutive buffaloes featured in Stephen Pinker's 1994 book, The Language Instinct, as an example of a sentence that is seemingly nonsensical but grammatical. Pinker names his student Annie Sengus as the inventor of the sentence. Oh, and then it goes on to say that neither Rappaport, Pinker, nor Sengus were initially aware of the earlier coinages. This feels like something someone really smug would tell you. Really yeah, that's because person. somebody really smug just told it to you earlier. Do you remember? That was yeah. me. Oh. Do you hope that at some point you'll be invited to the hippocampus to do a lecture? With the bison. With, with the bison that attend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's nice. You did promise us that you would have a storyboard for um, the, creative, the hippocampus. The creative process is a difficult one. How far time. are you along with your screen? It's all in my head. Oh, there's got to be lots of room for buffalo buffling in at the hippocampus. Yeah, stick though. it in. Bang it in. The buffalo buffaloers. Got crocodiles. From buffalo. Peacock. Mm. <laughs> He's just listing animals. <laughs> We've got That's a not a screenplay. Now. Wait, this is, no, this is a development. What's the peacock about? Fashion design. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> to be fair to him, that, that, it does. that fits. See, it's all going on. You don't know. <laughs> What worries me is that every day that passes that you don't make Hippocampus a reality, there's at least 15 different anthropomorphised animal films being released. Oh, there, that is a worry. That actually, is isn't it? Someone's a genuine get there problem. Because so, there's been like three this week alone, hasn't there? I'll have to get cracking quick. I've got a schedule. It's fine. Versions of the linguistic oddity can be constructed with other words which similarly simultaneously serve as collective noun, adjective, and verb, some of which need no capitalization, such as police. Police, 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 police. Yeah, that works. But no, but what? Police? Police, police. I know that much. So they police other police. That in turn. That police other police. Yeah. That police other police. That police other police. Oh, that could just go on forever. Police, 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 police. Sting. Sting. What? Yeah. Right, you're going to have to start <laughs> listening properly. Well, no, it's really hard when is you... Is this what this is to you? Just bisons inviting people to lectures well, and, you... and sting? The whole article is based on one word repeated like eight times. I, I'm sorry if I struggle to keep up. See also, James, while John, had, 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 had a better effect on the teacher. I uh, I don't think I can take it. Can we not click it? No, we're not going to click yeah. it. Also, that that is is that that is not is not is that it is. No, nah, no. Nah. No, you're not having it. <laughs> nah. Wiki Shuffle has spoken enough of this nonsense. Yes. A horse for Mandy. Who's Mandy? Do we need to get her a horse? A Horse for Mandy is a young adult novel by Lurleen McDaniel. Is is she from the USA by any chance? (laughs) Lurleen. That's mean, just taking the mick out of somebody just for their weird name. It's a stupid name. It is a stupid Mm. name. Lurleen. Mr and Mrs (laughs) McDaniel, have a word with yourselves. Published in August 2004, it tells the story of a young girl's struggle to find herself through a search for the perfect horse. The novel provides an important message on the dangers of tobacco use. What? <laughs> Curveball. Of course it does. <laughs> we always end up having animal themed episodes of Wiki Shuffle. Animals always pop up. 
in general, in the streets. On the streets. What yeah. animals have you encountered on the streets recently, Chris? Pigeons, a couple of cats, dead badger. Yeah, it's still an animal, it's a dead one. I had a run-in with a fox once. Had a run-in? I was walking home one night, and a fox, like, came up to me. Just <laughs> 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 shanked you? What was... No. Asked you for a movie. It was just, no, it was just, it came up pretty close to me. It was quite bold, because I thought they were quite, like, skittish animals. Mm-hmm. Now, this one was like, all right, mate. And I, was, oh, and I backed off, and then the fox ran off. But it, we could have got into... A real scuffle. A real scuffle, yeah. Probably could have just thrown it. A fox walked near you. No, up to me. Came uh, close, across the street. And you were scared. Well, it's like an angry dog, isn't it? Yeah, like a little angry dog. (laughs) It was all right. In the end, I think I intimidated it enough. It backed off back to its house or wherever it lives. Where do foxes live? Where do they live? Mm. In the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Is the answer at the top of the premiership? Is that where you're going? (laughs) I believe it is, Phil Charman. I believe it is. Um, In fact, yes, I was going to say we might not be by the time this episode goes out, but it bloody well will. Yeah, it is impossible for you to not, unless there's some sort of financial irregularity that gets uncovered. That would be amazing if you win the league and then turns out you've not filled in your tax form properly and get docked nine points. It's just amazing. Chris, you've loved every minute of it. Phil, you're kind of getting into football. I've got majorly into it. It has been just, it's just too exciting. Isn't it? I'm just carried away on it. And anybody that knows me will know that this is not, this isn't me. I don't don't care about man sports. Well, I I care too much about man sports to be interested in football. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ouch. This isn't, what are we talking about? Horse for, Horse for Mandy, Mandy, an adult novel. Well, We're doing well as always. All you're talking about is Leicester City. That's all. It you've been really is. About. I've been unbearably smug at work. So unbearably so. You made a little bet, didn't you? A, a little bet. I did. Yeah, I cashed tell us, out. Tell us about well, your bet. I bet two pounds, yeah. two English pounds on Leicester winning the league in October or November. Oh, you can't win the league in October. There's too many games still to go. Mm. In October, I bet £2 that Leicester would win the league. Is that better for you, you grammar prick? I was going to say Nazi, I thought that was a bit mean. So I went with prick instead. (laughs) much friendlier. And yeah, I cashed out for... It's only 350 quid, but it's... How much? It's more than welcome. So you bet £2 and you won £350. It's not bad, is it? And I'm not a big better. And if I was, I feel like I would have put on... I did consider just chucking a tenner on it, but I thought this is so unrealistic and beyond the realms of possibility that there's no point putting a tenner on it. It's just throwing money away. But that would have been £1,750. It surely would. And if I hadn't cashed out, it would have been three grand. Mm. Anyway, a horse for Mandy. Football. Uh, We've got to talk about Mandy. We're not football shuffles. Yeah, we've already... Mandy is code for some sort of drug. But Jamie Vardy would love a bit of Mandy right now. What is it? Is it Coke? Horse is code for a drug. Um, Yes. That's heroin. Uh, Yeah, and then you've got... um, Charlie is code for a drug. I don't know about Mandy. That's code for Peter Mandelson. Amphetamines. Is it? Yeah. Is it? I think so. I'm going to have a look. Um, What's the one? The horse tranquilizer. Ketamine. Why do we know so much? Ecstasy. Mandy is ecstasy. Mandy is ecstasy. I thought, but oh, because it's MDMA, so it's kind of. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, Does it? Yeah. It does. But I, so do you think this whole thing is just a big... We've been rubbish drug dealers. Absolutely terrible. On so many levels. <laughs> yeah. Do you want some Mandy? What's some Mandy again? Which is the one after that's called after the yeah. name? Can you just point at it? <laughs> Come through into my drug den and okay. point at the one you Can want. You, which page of the catalogue is that? <laughs> Can I get a re-up on those pink ones, please? A re-up. A re-up. I thought you'd watch The Wire. Maybe it was the, the accent that I said it in, but... <laughs> 
Anyone for a re-up? <laughs> <laughs> a horse for Mandy, which has taken on an entirely different meaning now because it appears to be about a drug transaction. 15-year-old Mandy Underwood returns from summer camp to find she no longer feels a connection to her friends and family. Oh, no. Oh, it's difficult being 15, though, isn't it? By difficult, I mean shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I, nothing, nothing could possibly make me want to be in my mm. early teens ever again. When we oh, were, no, I would. I'd hate Chance it. to redo all the embarrassing things that I did. Oh, like, I bet yours were really embarrassing oh, as well. Oh, God. Writing letters to girls was a big one. <laughs> That's that, so I, I many letters to girls. Oh, Christ did they, did they ever get the letters? Oh, God, yeah. Who and did? then we'd like, never talk again. <laughs> What sort of, can you remember anything you put in there like this? Just like a little bit. Oh, just like lame. It, it might make me want I mean, to the song, die, I've shared the song title. Yeah, you can yeah. share a bit of this. Don't give away any No, names. I don't know. I can't remember the specifics of my love letters when I was 15. You must remember bits, highlights. No, just like the usual teenage shit of... Yeah, but you with know. you, that could be anything from something grotesque. <laughs> no, it was, it was, they were fairly standard, but they were just oh. very heart on my sleeve. Oh, oh were they thick overall lyrics? I don't think I ever put lyrics in them. But <laughs> I, I, it probably read like an early Radiohead single, yeah. Did um, it ever work for you? Uh, no, no, it didn't. If anything, it, it destroyed some of my relationships. Mm. And it's very sad. It is sad. <sighs> when we were on our way here today, we walked past some youths. And Phil said, I'd hate to be a teenager. <laughs> Uh, but I did. I meant it in the most respectful way possible. I didn't mean, oh God, look, the youth of today are terrible. I meant, just yeah. look how awkward and uncomfortable in their skin they are. I feel sorry for them. I want to give them a hug. Why? <laughs> what? Because they're just bony lumps of sweat. discomfort and yeah. sweat and body odor and hair in places that there wasn't hair before. Dried it sounds cum. as if and. <laughs> <sighs> and just the discomfort and the gangliness. Mm. They're so fucking gangly, aren't they, teenagers? Yeah, they're a joke. And, and their, <laughs> their voices, they don't know how to project properly. Mm. I bet there are some teenagers listening to this now. Oh, I hope there are. Do you think and there are? I wish you all the luck. And I assure you, a, sh- and a, a heartfelt message to the teenagers listening. Because Catelyn Moran did that this week, and she's written a, a letter to teenage girls. And yeah. I think I would really like to do something similar and write a letter to teenage boys, which just says... Don't worry, it's going to calm down a little bit. Not much. That... <laughs> it'll calm down a bit, but for the most part, it will stay the same. A, don't worry, you won't need to wank four times a day for the rest of your life. That will calm down. <laughs> B, that's very much like um, when adults take to Twitter on GCSE Results Day and say, oh, I did terribly in my GCSEs, but look at me now. I've got this and this and this, and I've got a house and a mortgage and a car and a horse, and <laughs> everything's dandy. But really, teenagers don't want to hear that because if you remember back to when you were a child and your mum said, oh, you'll understand when you're older or any of that bullshit that adults say, it's true, but you don't want to hear it at all. Oh, You'd rather yeah, no, they the... die than patronise you one more minute. Oh, absolutely. The par- purpose of so this So if some beardy is... weirdo comes up to me and hands me a letter and I'm 15... <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to hang around. I'm going to lob it and Get run away. Get off the BMX. Come over here. I've got some wisdom. Gather round, children. <laughs> I've got some wisdom and some... I've got no. some dib-dabs in the back of my van. <laughs> I'm under no illusion that this episode of Catharsis is very much for me and the letter I'm writing is to me as a teenage okay, boy. Okay, well then that's not fine. Not to actual teens because they don't care. That's the whole point. They don't know. They will know. They will know that when they've got their own podcast in 20 years' time, they'll understand. And only then... Well, what would you say if you had 20 seconds to talk to 15-year-old Phil Sharman? What would you say? Talk slower. Calm down. Breathe a little bit more. And just just think it through. 
it's all right. You can be a little bit more contemplative and just eschew that nervous energy that's making you tremble in every action that you perform. Fucking hell. Mm. What? Chris? Did you not? What was that? Not? Did you not want real advice? Yeah, no, that was just, just intense. What would you say to fifteen-year-old Chris? Just try not to get punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> try a little harder. Yeah. What would your advice be? What pearls of wisdom has Jack Jr. got coming? Put, oh. put the pen down. <laughs> put the pen down. And don't worry. Stop freaking out about it. You'll get to finger a girl at some point. <laughs> there we go. That's, that's it. That's for you, teenagers. Uh, yeah, any teenagers listening, I hope yeah, your lives Moran. will be improved. by Catelyn Moran, that. that's how it's done. 15-year-old Mandy Underwood has returned home from summer camp. She finds she no longer feels a connection to her friends and family. After spending a summer playing tennis and meeting new people, she no longer shares the shallow interests of the vapid friends of her small Rhode Island town. Yeah, that was the other thing as well, just thinking everyone was vapid. That, that's, see, that's quite an astute observation that Lurleen McDaniel has made. Mm. I remember, probably a bit younger than my teenage years, reading some book or other, and all the characters were going out to a cafe and hanging out together, and they seemed really cool. And I just thought, oh, my friends are shit. My life's shit. Why isn't mine more like that? Should have just appreciated what I had. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. She feels most changed by the time she spent with the camp's equestrian programme. Now that she considers herself an adept rider, Mandy feels superior to her former friends, Lydia, Patricia and Elaine. When was this right. written? 1955. <laughs> um, have either of you ridden a horse before? Rode a horse? Ridden? Ridden. It's not ridden, is it? I drove a donkey. <laughs> he, did, he drove a donkey. <laughs> oh god was this on a on a stick on a merry-go-round no, by was on chance? a beach yeah and my sister <laughs> she was going to go on the other donkey but it did a big piss and it made her cry <laughs> <laughs> it's just depressing British childhood <laughs> there's no glamour she was, in she a British was in childhood floods of tears because that that donkey did that she was not happy <laughs> I was fine on mine. Mine controlled itself. You do inspire continents in donkeys. Everyone <laughs> says so. In an effort to win back her affections, Mandy's parents, Lloyd and Melody, decide to purchase a horse for Mandy. Mandy accepts their offer, but only on the condition that she can select the horse herself. <laughs> awful, spoiled little bitch. After visiting a number of stables, Mandy fails to find a horse that meets her standards. What, what are her standards? Mandy, you dick. Just... Take the horse, love your parents, make up with your friends, have fun. Oh, probably start smoking. You'll enjoy that. I think mm. that's coming later. Yeah, maybe. Lydia, Patricia and Elaine try to show their support by throwing a horse-themed party for Mandy and even give her an expensive saddle to celebrate the occasion. Stop spoiling her. It's not going to make it any better. Just let her be. Go and have fun with likeable people. Mm. Finally, after months of searching, Mandy finds an ideal horse on a farm in New Hampshire. While visiting the farm, she meets Ted, the horse's current owner. Why have these children all got 1950s names? <laughs> Ted quickly informs Mandy that he has no patience for her superior attitude. About yeah, Ted. Ted. You put her in her place, Ted. Good on you, Ted. I don't think Ted is another child. I think he's like a grown-up man. No, I don't think... Well, I hope not, because Mandy finds Ted intriguing and they begin a long-distance relationship. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, it did sound one... like that, though, didn't it? Yeah, it he's this wise like old country uh, bumpkin man yeah. that now they're... No. They were writing each other daily letters. This was 2004. <laughs> People weren't writing each other. Oh, 2004, is that, would, have, that would have been your key <laughs> yeah, letter that would, period. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that would have been a bit after. I think my main 
uh, letter writing years were 13 to 15. Because <sighs> like we said before, I, we did go to school together. I don't remember the letter writing being a thing with anyone. I never <laughs> wrote any letters to girls like that. I think I thought I was being romantic. And I thought it was like, because already email had taken hold and MySpace and yeah. all that stuff. And I thought, I'm going to go back to basics and this will impress the girl. And if I sneak a handwritten six-page letter into her bag when she's not looking so she gets oh. it when she's home, that'll be a nice surprise. She'll be like, Creepy. oh, look, to 13-year-old me, it sounded like it'd be romantic. Back yeah, then, all about the photo comments. Just do that. I, yeah, I know, but I wasn't, I wasn't like that. I wasn't that sort of kid. I didn't know how to do that. So I wrote letters. And But you do have very nice handwriting, don't you? I have lovely handwriting, That's... but a bit too girly, maybe. I, I mean, think, the, I the think hearts that you do over the eyes might be a bit much. <laughs> Mandy finds Ted intriguing and they begin a long-distance relationship, writing each other daily letters. Mandy even names her horse Teddy in his honour. Creepy. Mm. That's daily, creepy. If you're writing each other daily letters, you're going to be replying to a letter from like three or four days behind. Unfortunately, after six months of dating, Mandy discovers that Ted has a serious illness that he has kept secret from her. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. What is it? He suffers from salivary gland cancer, a disease with which he was diagnosed after years of tobacco use. How old is Ted? <laughs> Ted is a, he's like this an old is man, creepy. isn't he? Ted is an old yeah, man. Yeah, he's an old man. Old farmhand. Although Ted quit using chewing tobacco <laughs> following his diagnosis. Oh, come on. This isn't sexy. This isn't sexy at all. The damage was already severe. Mandy and Ted continue their relationship over the next three years. Three until, years? <laughs> until Ted ultimately succumbs to the effects of his disease. After his funeral, Mandy's friends, Lydia, Patricia and Elaine, again extend an offer of friendship. But Mandy knows that they can never ease her suffering. Mandy writes a long note to her parents, apologising for leaving, and, with her beloved horse Teddy, begins a new life in Milwaukee. Hmm. So, she was 15 when she began... This relationship. <laughs> when she began. With the chewing tobacco farmhands. They okay. stayed together for three years, and then she pisses off to Milwaukee to find a new life. This isn't how your teenage years work. I also don't know that the horse is that big a part of this story. It's more the cancer, mm -hmm. isn't it? The cancer's the main bit. The horse is just there. You should have called it Cancer Boyfriend for Mandy. <laughs> Yeah. Whoa, hang on a minute. In character histories, it says Mandy Underwood is a demanding, tenacious 13-year-old girl who longs what? for her own horse. It just gets creepier. Unless he's, unless Ted's, like, just uh, really into his chewing tobacco at a very young age. That's the only OK explanation that <laughs> this has, it? really, that he was chewing tobacco at the, at age, the age of seven of or eight. To, yeah, <laughs> long enough to get salivary gland yeah. cancer from it and that's not a sexy cancer is it that's not it's one, one of the, the least sexy cancers I'd what would you say so. is the sexiest cancer Phil hmm this is fun what's the one from the fault in the stars it's probably that one is that I bone know, I haven't seen it it's probably bone that's bone. hardcore it's not sexy is it it might sexy. be that there aren't any sexy cancers if that's a possibility are. maybe some know. kind of melanoma skin sort mm. of tanning cancer skin, yeah tan, it's not tan, sexy yeah. but it's as close to yeah. Mm. Good chat. <laughs> Let's move on. I'll go through the other characters. Ted Worth. I'm just picturing, you know, from the Fast Show. I've been thinking of exactly <laughs> the same person. Yeah. The whole Ted time. From the Fast yeah. Show. That's who I'm thinking of. Ted battles bravely against cancer and helps Mandy battle the more negative aspects of her personality. Tit for tat. They were both helping each other there <laughs> with equal seriousness. One's a bitch and the other has got cancer. It's mm. equal. Absolutely equal. 
Lydia Harrington, one of Mandy's former friends who find herself snubbed when Mandy returns home from camp. Patricia Klein, one of Mandy's former friends who finds herself snubbed when Mandy returns home from camp. Elaine Lopez, one of Mandy's <laughs> former friends who finds herself snubbed when Mandy returns home from camp. Lloyd and Melody Underwood, Mandy's parents who find themselves snubbed when Mandy returns... <laughs> he doesn't say that, I made that bit up. But they indulge her whims in an attempt to keep her happy. Yeah. Wow. Parenting um, 101. There's a horse for Mandy, 575 pages, published by Derby Whoa. Creek Publishing. So you can... Check it out. You can check it out. And Chris, there. are you going to read that? You promised to do these things, and then you never do. You were supposed to watch something recently. Yeah, what were you going to watch for us? You were going to be our, our human canary. Oh. Oh, the it? terror. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the haunting. Yeah. The haunting. well boring. Yeah, oh, it's, I had to watch bits of it to get the audio clip. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't good. In fact, it was terrible. I had to watch really quite a lot to find an audio clip that was vaguely mm. usable for the podcast. Yeah, I wouldn't bother. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Wiki Shuffle episode 62. We have two stories to tell, Phil. <laughs> really? <laughs> You've got really good at this presenting art. You really have. It just seems like such a naturally flowing conversation. Mm. That's what the that's what the listeners really like is this sort of friendship and the back and forth yeah. that we've got, not the pregnant expectation of all right, monotonous all right, story. All right, all right. So this weekend I was in Oxfam, the shop Oxfam, and I've bought some things. No, that's terrible. Phil, I liked it have you got well. any anecdotes about Oxfam? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. So we finished off our playlist wars as suspected. Yes. I Chris, won. Chris won. Chris the best. Because this was the best playlist. I mean, the, the public it has spoken. It was not. The public have spoken. What? Public are idiots. Well, there's no debate. There's Don't no doubting speak that. that way about the public. Oh, you love the public. I love the public. Chris and the public Me sitting in a tree. Well done. Thank you. But in hollow in, victory, it was <laughs> hollow victory. I decided to break the rules. Oh a little yeah, bit. to try and cheat. I tried to tried cheat to a little bit. It didn't work. I did it. No, because the truth. Came out. What I did was I tweeted out to both Oxfam Global and Oxfam UK, and I basically I tweeted to everybody that follows Oxfam, and that's hundreds of thousands of people I tweeted to, and all I said was, for every person that voted for me in the Spotify playlist wars, I would donate a pound to Oxfam. That's what I said. Up to the value of... Up to the value of £100, because I'm not made of money. (laughs) I'm not made of money, but I would like to give... I would would have happily given any amount up to £100. To beat me. To beat you, definitely. (laughs) And to, you know, support Oxfam. They do a lot of very good work. Oh, shut up. They do a lot of very good work. They do do good work. Yeah. But supporters and followers of Oxfam on Twitter... Screw you guys. (laughs) Do you know how many votes I got out of the back of that? Was it zero? It was one. Who was that? I have no idea because it doesn't tell you on the the votes yeah, voting yeah. on um, mm. Twitter polls. But Justice. that's poor. I could have ended up giving a hundred pounds to Oxfam. I'm now not going to, which makes me sound like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to give that pound, you know. And if you think, well, you said that you would have given a hundred pounds. Well, that's not how it works. That's not what sponsored events are, are they? You know, I will give the sponsorship money that I raised, which is one pound. <laughs> and I did. You put gift aid on that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah probably will, nice yeah. one, nice one. Yeah, well, and it was enough for me to edge ahead of you in the poll, actually. <laughs> yeah, buying yeah, votes. So, yeah. Buying votes, that's what it's come down yeah. to. So really, in like, you're not the winner because you cheated. Yeah. And Chris isn't the winner because his playlist was awful. 
So therefore, I'm the winner. That's not no, really that's how, not it how it works. That's no, exactly how it works. Definitely the winner. It's, it's um, I think it tells a lot about how much better Chris's playlist was than mine. That yeah. given the choice of helping starving children in Africa or suggesting against your judgment that my playlist was better, it's people the, the followers really... of Oxfam they couldn't let their conscience no. do it. People really love the Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, it's meant that I'm not helping Oxfam out, but it was a price worth paying so that you got to be the victor, mm -hmm. is what the people of Twitter thought. Hmm. You've, you've killed some children. No. Yeah, that's not relevant to this, though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I won't bring it up on air again. Chris, yes. um, you're in love. <sighs> this is really pro appropriate, actually, with all the talk of teenage besottedness yeah. that we've been right. having in so this how, how long has it been since you've felt... Uh, a bit of love in your so, heart since I fell in, uh, about six hours ago no no I mean like, <laughs> since this lady has come into your life how, how long before that we um, I've, I've had a cold dead heart for a good few years now good few years but now she's like this this woman has walked into my life <laughs> and changed everything ignited your spark in, in what capacity yeah. has she walked into your life well um, at the minute because Phil knows this we work in the same place there's a lady that's coming in temporarily to do some things. Don't know what she's doing. She's auditing. Yeah, whatever. Money, money stuff. Uh, yeah, she's an auditor. Is that what that is? That's what's happening. Yeah, she's a the sexy a job. A, a specifically a tax auditor. That's what we've got. The, yeah. the least sexy of all the, all the audits. I've fallen hard for a tax auditor. <laughs> and what is she like? It's just a nice, nice lady. Have you spoken to her? Um, lady. Yeah, she's nice. Um, not properly because she was only in like one day. I haven't really seen her. Yeah, I've just well, <laughs> you've seen her from across the office, from it's, a distance. Yeah. yeah, what's that flight of the Concord song? <laughs> Leggy blonde, Leggy blonde walking through the office. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I think I've ruined it for myself. Why is that? Because today she was in the accounts doing all the money. Yeah, we should stress that you have no involvement with this woman, and there is no reason whatsoever that you will need to speak no. to her in the course of Absolutely her conducting none. this week long. Absolutely order. none. So, <laughs> any way that you do find of talking to her is going to be incredibly contrived, and I'm very much mm. looking forward to how that's going to work. We'll have to work out how I'm going to do it. I don't know what the setup's going to be. But I anyway. like the idea that you're going to pass yourself off as the company accountant or something like that. I'm going to, I'm going to, well, the first thing I'm going to do is say what I do know about her, and I know she likes audits, so I'm going to ask her about taxes. <laughs> Oh, don't. That's, tax you can't code. open with a banger like what's, that. What's your favourite tax code? Something like that. Uh, yeah, nice. Something like that. What do you think? In the hope that she's going to choose yours, that seems unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> what's the inland revenue about? Huh? Yeah. Chat. But the problem is, today, she she was in the office, mm -hmm. and she there's a big window, so she can see what I'm doing. And where my desk, my desk goes, I've got quite a big desk, but... I'm yeah. quite exposed. Ladies. <laughs> that should be your opening room. I've got a big desk. But what happened was, I was having my headphones in, and I was listening to Little Mix quite loud, and I was doing a little bit too much bopping in my so seat. So you're sat in your seat, and you're doing a bit of a, a desk bop. A bit of a desk We've bop. have all been there. Yeah, but she, I think she caught me, like, and she, she looked, and she might have laughed at me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that for definite, but that's what it feels like inside. So, can we just clarify that desk bop is not a euphemism? <laughs> 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 okay, good. You weren't touching yourself to Little Mix. No, I was not. Okay. I was not. Not on this occasion. Not <laughs> on this occasion. I was just having a little, a little bit of a boogie. Okay. Um, and I think I've ruined my chances of her, with her because she's she's auditor taxes. I'm sitting there, Little Mix in. 
So, yeah, they're, they're different worlds. They are different worlds. But, but maybe at the weekend she likes to forget about taxes and let her hair down and dance to Black Magic. But the thing maybe. is, Chris, I know you well. Yeah. I know that you could never give your heart to any woman that didn't also love Little Mix. That's that is true. true. Yeah. So that might be the... That, well, that's what I'll do then. First question. Favourite tax code. Second question. <laughs> little Mix? <laughs> Not even a question. <laughs> Sounds like you're offering her a sweet. <laughs> Which might work. <laughs> Little bit. <laughs> so, it, don't know Chris always trying to chat up women by offering them sweets. <laughs> is that not, is that not what supposed In the to back do? of his van. Yeah. Tacos, Little Mix, Pub. And then, and then if that works. Double thumbs up. Would <laughs> yeah. If that works, then I'm probably just going to marry an auditor. I can't see how it could not work. Yeah. Is she, like, how attractive is she on a scale of one to ten? Lads, lads, lads. No, 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 no. I'm asking for comparison's sake because Chris, Chris is, um, you've got high hopes. I think, <laughs> like, not, <laughs> not trying to be mean, but I think you, you, you fancy, like, very Perry attractive from ladies. Little yeah, you think yeah. you'll end up with a Perry. Um, and, I'm not saying Have it's you not, not heard the questions? Yeah. Tax codes, little mix, pub. Yes, but is is she is she out of your league? No. <laughs> okay, great then. But well, I hope you let us know how you do um, next yeah, week. I don't know how long podcast. I don't know how long it takes to do taxes, so I don't know how long she'll be there. She's you don't there, even know how I long she'll be in the office. She's going to be there all of this week <gasps> and some of next week. And because oh. it's a bank holiday weekend, she'll probably be there for most of next week. Right, so... Do you know what her name is? Tax Woman. <laughs> no, that's just what it says on a coffee mug. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just have to look up, like, some... Hold on. Uh, te- test me. Test me on a tax. What do you mean, test you on a tax? Phil, ask me a tax question. Uh, 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 th- what? <laughs> uh, just quiz me on a tax thing. <laughs> ask me a tax question. What? <laughs> She's not going to quiz you. <laughs> And she's not going to say, oh, you want to be mine, do you? <laughs> well, here's a 20-question quiz on taxes. What's the current VAT rate in the UK? It took me a while to think of one. Come on. 20. 17.5. Oh, it's one of them. It's one of them. <laughs> I know that as well. It's one of them that's been moving about a bit. It's, it's been moving about a bit because yeah, of, like, flip-flops. economy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's a good that's word. Good, well done. Yeah. yeah. You can just, just say the word economy to her. Yeah. Budgets. Budgets is a good oh, one. Fiscal. Oh, that is sexy, that one. I mean, that oh, one's and then a bit... Maybe not on a first date. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing this week. Great. Well, good luck. Yeah, good luck, Thanks. Chris. Um, anyway, yeah. If you need a wingman at any point, I'll yeah, be there. Yeah, you're there. Yeah? You can back me up. Absolutely. Just if I get, like, a oh, tax code wrong, you can say L. <laughs> L120, you idiot. And then we'll okay. get out of it, yeah. Well... I'm pleased for you. Thanks. I'm glad you've found love once again. Mm-hmm. That's good. This does happen a lot for all of us. This does actually <laughs> happen quite a lot, doesn't it? Well, let us know how it goes next week uh, because we'll be back on Tuesday for more wiki shuffling. We will. Bye. 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 Across the office floor, there you were, your head down to your legs and your legs down to the floor. 
Leggy blonde, goodbye, goodbye. Now that you are gone, I'll never see you here for tech repair. Wish you knew how much I loved your legs and your hair. Leggy blonde, goodbye, goodbye. I had a budgie, but it died. Whoa, whoa. I like pie. Leggy, 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 leggy. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 